not record. I'm uh, not recording you at all. Okay. So right. What I was the fuck? Uh, yeah, what? I was just surprised you hadn't heard about Theranos. So had you really not heard about it before? No. Well, so over the past uh, two months, I've seen. Um, I don't know why it's coming up now, but uh, I, I've seen on YouTube they're in court right now. Ah, that's why. Okay, right. So I saw, I saw a bunch of videos with a very uh, elegant-looking lady holding something and a, a big title <laughs> under it saying Theranos. I thought it was a bullshit film. I thought it was some kind of crappy <laughs> film because it looks like a crappy movie poster. I had yeah. no idea what was going on, and honestly, this is. I mean, so, so Hyperloop, we need to talk about as well because Hyperloop is fucking ridiculous. But I, I, I just, I'm. This is like a, the ur uh, example of bullshit Silicon Valley scams. Yeah, well, I mean, it's 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 the great shame of Silicon Valley in 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 uh, in their terms. In terms, like obviously, the great shame of Silicon Valley is giving us things like social media, which is destroying our society from the inside out but yep. in, in in the context of what they understand um it's their great shame because she took them to the fucking cleaners like, so what this really reminds me of is like the um the one coin scandal which was the same thing in the financial world right where this is, person huh? is it's ongoing what it's theranos still, or one coin one coin you can still buy one coin oh i know you can still buy one coin and that that's yeah. you know that there's a whole like subculture of people still trying to justify why one coin is a good investment it's tragic though because it's the reason why they're doing that is because they've invested huge amounts of money into yeah it. of course it's it's yeah i was about to say it's like cloud imperium but then that's a whole other rabbit hole um mm. but right so i i have only discovered what theranos is in the last 10 minutes so it is a medical company, or was a medical company, that promised to do blood tests, right? Yeah, that's correct. In a way that seems like magic? That is I, also correct. What I really don't understand about it, and, and the things you sent seem to say a lot about um, the insanity of... What's her name? Uh, something. Katie Holmes. Holmes. Ka huh? Katie Holmes. Isn't Katie Holmes an actress? Is it? It's something. Uh, Holmes. Something Holmes. Oh, that's really bad. Uh, Let me find out. Elizabeth Holmes. Elizabeth Holmes. Close enough. Um. um. So there's a lot about her and a lot about. The connections that she had and and the story of how she scammed these people but there's almost nothing about what this supposed product was supposed to be and of course yeah. being a physicist the first thing i wanted to know was what they claimed this was and what it did and there's just so, nothing on it well i mean i it's essentially the point like yeah there, that, that there is nothing out there because this all happened actually quite a few years ago now is when they were at their height. Right. And because there wasn't really, there was no product, there's nothing to, like, if you watch, there's, if you, there's, there's, there's several kind of uh, initial promotional videos out there. 
yeah. uh, with her describing her vision. And basically her vision is this. She's like, there's this, you know, this, 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 uh, we'll talk about her, Steve Jobs imitation <laughs> and, uh, persona. Yeah. Um, she, she even hired the same uh, advertising agency that did the famous Apple branding. Anyway, um, the, um, but the, uh, the, the, <laughs> what was I saying? The, um, uh, the yeah, product. The product is basically, she was like, it's tragic that people have to go, uh, you know, uh, undiagnosed due to like long laborious drug, like blood testing. Uh, we are going to basically make a product which will be able to, and this is what they claim they could do. Uh, it was a patch you wear with micro needles that um, can basically sample the blood, mm-hmm. like directly. Uh, it then um, uh, performs some analysis on it in inverted commas, and then uh, links up wirelessly with some cloud-based service, which will then compute somehow what condition you have based on that analysis. Analysis in inverted commas, and then that was it. Initially, that was it. Um, and then I think later on they added the extra uh, stretch goal of uh, of actually administering drugs. Now, of course, this doesn't take into account the fact that, firstly, uh, you know, this has long been a goal of of like the blood testing industry to reduce the amount of blood that you rec- need in order to mm-hmm. do uh, blood testing, and millions and millions of man hours and billions and billions of dollars have been invested in trying to solve this problem uh, to no avail. Like yep. you still need three uh, 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 tubes of blood to be able to get any meaningful dro- um, blood testing done. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's just... It's, There's something it's, missing. There's something missing from this story, though, because at no point in there did you say that it uploads that information to a blockchain. Uh, no, uh, well, well, I wouldn't be surprised. And, I mean, you know, clearly, was... clearly <laughs> that was the missing, the missing link. And it all would have worked if they just it used would, blockchain. It would. Um, but if you know anything, I mean, I'm not a, uh, I don't know, is it a phlebotomist? Is, are they, phlebotomist, are the yep, is somebody. Take, oh, right? uh, uh, yes, they take blood. I don't think they're necessarily the people who test it. All right, well, I'm not a blood testing person, um, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't claim to understand about how these things work. However, I do uh, understand about... Um, uh, you know, statistics and about, you know, measuring things generally. Um, and it's just like the idea that you can diagnose um, hundreds of different diseases that have different uh, uh, manifestations, like different mechanisms by which they are represented in the blood, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, by on, on a device that can, can strap around your wrist is... Yeah. I mean, it's 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 like it's a degree of stupidity, a degree of ludicrousness that is so far beyond. Um, what but I'm starting, like. I'm starting to understand how it went as far as it did because originally, what people were saying in in the videos that you sent seemed like someone had said, "I am going to fly to the moon in a dishwasher," and everyone had said, "Oh, sure, yeah, we'll give you nine billion dollars." It was so unbelievably ludicrous. And the thing is, most of these kind of ridiculous tech scams, which is the majority of the tech industry at the moment, um, the nefarious thing about them is they have that degree of plausibility where you can sort of intuitively see, oh yeah, I can see how that would work. Yeah. And what was being described 
uh, was, yeah, this tiny patch that you would wear that would somehow diagnose every possible disease and then instantly treat you with the appropriate drug, apparently without having to be interfered with externally, which which is basically just magic. And I yeah. couldn't see how anyone could possibly be fooled by that. When you start talking about, oh, it's a patch that's going to have micro needles and it's going to have some sort of, you know, microfluidic. I mean, I'm taking it further than she did, you know, just well, thinking I mean, off the well, top no, of my head. No, you're not. You're, you're not actually. Like, if you look, they filed a patent. Uh, if you look at the details of the patent, they talk about these micro needles and the, and the, and the right. capillary action. And, so was know, the patent it. granted? Yes, it was. It was oh, ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> well, actually, I don't know. Like, I've just seen the application, so maybe I don't know if they actually uh, got it accepted. But I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, be, there are there are patents out there for oh, things yeah. like you know the painting the the action of like clicking on a link on in a web browser with a mouse. I mean, it's just like, I know, but th- this is one of the other massive travesties <laughs> of technology is is the degradation of uh, patenting. Yeah. Because patenting has always been something that is filled with uh, backroom dealing. I mean, one of the very first patents granted in history was based on stolen research, but um, which was uh, Arkwright's mill. But um, you generally expect that patent clerks will have a degree of Hmm. integrity and a degree of expertise that is actually appropriate and you just can't rely on that anymore and and i remember you know you read about things like hyper stealth which i know yeah. i go on about but you read about something like that and you've got this crazy guy who's saying oh yeah i'm gonna patent this and that and you know i'm gonna make this system and, and i'm i've submitted this incredibly vague patent and you look at the actual patent applications that have been filed and they're so incredibly poorly thought out and so vague that they're basically if they're granted that person is in a position to sue every company in the entire world from now until the end of time for any invention. And you think there's no way that could possibly be granted. It's so ridiculous. And then it goes through. And that's terrifying. Well, I mean, I I I feel like we don't want to go down the rabbit hole. No, sure. It's a whole other camera. But yeah, but... um, it at least sounds moderately reasonable. You know, you can you can think, oh yeah, you know, micro needles and and you know, microfluidic circuits and things. That that sounds like it would it could work. And but that's the scam, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and then and then you have someone who has that force of personality and has that kind of cult like status around them, where they can make people, but they can push people to believe that something that's on the edge of believability is definitely true. Yes, I think that's it. Um, you know, I, my understanding is based on anecdotal evidence uh, that I've heard secondhand and probably nth hand. Um, she was in fact rejected by a number of VC firms hmm. um, initially because, of course, it's a load of bollocks. Yeah. Um, but then it only you know, takes one. It only takes one, and then you know you 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 get that that credibility. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, that's a really important point, because one of the things that's, that's universal even outside of, you know, um, private technology firms and, and venture capital is exactly what you just said, that that um, that uh, plausibility, that that reputation, where one of the key questions that's asked if somebody is looking at investing money in you is, has someone else invested? Yes, and I remember I remember seeing this firsthand with someone who I'm not going to name, who uh, 
tried to start a ridiculous, absurd business and were struggling to get anywhere until this crazy venture capital firm decided to invest, uh, I think it was like 50, 50 grand in his company. And then suddenly couldn't beat investors off with a stick the, the idea hadn't changed the idea was still ridiculous but just yeah. the fact that somebody else had put money in it was gave them huge amounts of confidence misplaced confidence yeah well this speaks volumes doesn't it for for these so-called shrew capitalists you know they're, they're basically just like sheep you just well, exactly. see what one person and, and the like, thing oh. the thing that just made me feel sick to my stomach about reading this Theranos story for the first time is looking at the lists of awards and the lists of incredibly not just famous people you know bloody what's her name Gwyneth Gwyneth Paltrow has her goo lab or whatever and everyone just says oh whatever but someone like Henry Kissinger like an elder statesman you just think you know how can you trust any institution again when you see how gullible these people are how how and not just on the short term i remember there's that you know there's that famous um uh i think it's by brass eye that sketch where they they invent a drug called cake and they go rounds to uh made up drug yeah exactly and they go around and they get all these people to read out and and it i i can't remember which mp it was but there was an mp oh yes of course who who fell for it and everyone was saying oh that's ridiculous how but i mean the thing is if 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 someone walks into your office and they've been scheduled by you know the meeting's been scheduled by uh an, your assistant who you trust and they come in and they've got branding and they've got a media crew and they they tell you something that sounds a bit ridiculous but basically you can believe you can be forgiven for falling for it for a day or two but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about people who invested millions, who signed up to be on the executive board of this company, who presumably had to look through all of its documentation and all of its patents, all of its patent applications, and nothing tipped them off at any point in that process. How long I was think, this company active for? Uh, I'd say maybe a few years, like five years, maybe. So more than long enough for people to clock on that this was bollocks. I don't know about that, but um, well, I mean, people did though. Like people below, people who are working in the trenches, like they had a basically their internal policy for uh, was one of like um, uh, cover up with extreme prejudice. Like if you yeah. you know anybody said even a, a, a minor slight against the product or the company it was lawsuits it was threats it was yeah. everything uh but you know the people basically the scam right is that you know if you if she's got her board members and those board members are so prominent then any investor who turns up they're not going and talking to go blogs in the lab who's yeah. like desperately trying to get this to work they're talking to henry kissinger or yeah. or, or or michael was Michael Flynn on there? I thought no, it was some other uh, Mattis. That's right. Yeah, Jim Mattis. Yeah. Um, and you know, Jim Mattis doesn't know shit about fucking uh, uh, biotech. You know, he's there because he thinks it's exciting, yeah, and he is... sits in the board meetings, and he gets you know, Katie Holmes tells them how they've now managed to get uh, Walgreens, that one of the biggest grocers in the United States, is going to be carrying the Theranos product out 
to the people. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be, you know, inter- you know, like you, you, you can see why these but people. That, that again it. is putting putting a finger on a really important point because I, uh, I understand exactly how that could happen because exactly the same thing happens in academic science, and you must have experienced exa- the same thing as well, where there's some idea or there's some you know hot topic that everybody kind of knows is probably bollocks, but a bunch of famous professors have got on board with it and nobody is going to turn around to a really famous professor who commands huge amounts of funding, whose name is globally known. No postdoc, no junior academic is going to turn around and challenge them and say, your idea is bullshit and here's why. No one in their right mind is going to do that. And it's, it's so telling when you come across these stories that they always do this. They always surround themselves with these public figures as this defensive cloak, so that if anybody says, well, what you're doing is obviously bullshit, um, they can say, well, are you saying that Henry Kissinger is full of bullshit? I mean, yes, obviously. But, uh, you know, are you going to say that? Are you really going to go on the news and say that? Are you going to stake your reputation on that? There was a really interesting video by... um, It wasn't Numberphile. It was uh, Stand Up Maths. Who, which is a, a channel done by, uh, I think, like a maths lecturer or something. And and he did a really good one about the whole uh, meme about um, uh, Michael Bloomberg when, when, when he was still in the, uh, the Democratic, still running as the, for the Democratic yeah. nomination. And, oh, and the, the meme was something like uh, Bloomberg spent um, $350 million on his campaign. Um, there are 300 million people in the US. Why didn't he just give everyone in America a million dollars? Yes. Yeah. And and the thing is that it's not just like that went up on Twitter. It ended up going on national news and there were, you know, videos of news anchors repeating this to each other. And of course, everybody was ripping into them and saying, oh my God, how could anybody make such a basic mistake live on air? But he made the the important point that if you're in that position, you're on the news, and you get this piece of paper in front of you that says, you know, this is the story, are you yeah. really going to be the person who says, hang on, this is obviously wrong, this is obviously bullshit? Are you really going to be the person to do that? Because imagine how embarrassing it would be if you were wrong. You know, making yeah, such a making such a public statement that is against what everybody else, against the consensus, against what everybody else is saying, and then being wrong, you would be so humiliated. And your reputation is already pretty small time, so you would never recover. Yes. Yes. And that that's the thing that is just so insidious. And, and I don't know if you've experienced it. I definitely have where you have these ideas and they stick around for decades and they suck up money. <laughs> what? <laughs> what was that? What was that? <clears throat> I just had something in my throat. <clears throat> Racetrack memory. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they just stick around for decades. They never go away because they've got enough famous people backing them that everybody who... every Everyone senior enough to actually challenge it is in bed with the situation and or they don't or they just don't care and Mm. all the people who are junior and are angry and want to challenge it don't have the power to do anything no 
No, the um, interestingly, the uh, Theranos uh, scandal was ultimately. I mean, it would have come out eventually, but it was finally uh, uh, outed by a whistleblower, an mm-hmm. intern, nonetheless. Yeah, <laughs> who, uh, yeah. Who spoke to a reporter? Which, uh... That's the extra. That's one of the extraordinary things about a lot of these stories. I mean, um, the uh, J.H. Schoen scandal. Uh, was blown by a reviewer for for a paper who wasn't. I don't think they were a particularly famous person. You're the, gonna have to explain that one. Oh, the J.H. Schoen scandal was um, a scientist uh, who worked for a number of different organizations, in particular Bell Labs, who um, in the uh, late '90s and early 2000s, who was billed basically as being probably one at the time he was expected to be one of the greatest physicists of all time. And he yeah. was believed, uh, he, he published a, a number of very famous papers. One of the key ones was apparently showing that you could achieve superconductivity super in, uh, I think it was cesium-doped C60 at something like 150 Kelvin. Oh, okay, yeah. And um, he'd published a number of papers to this to this degree. He'd also published a number of papers about ambipolar transistors based on organic materials. Yeah, and then it was discovered in I think two thousand and two. I think that all of his papers were false. Every single one that he'd ever published was was wow. falsified, and he'd been getting away with it for decades. And uh, all of almost all of his papers were retracted, although notably not every single one. In fact, one of them is still getting citations, legitimate citations to this day. Wow. Um, he what was. was... The that? Uh, sorry, what no. were the topic? Um, of of intellectual frauds, there was that uh, uh, Cambridge, I think, based uh, researcher who recently got yeah done. last year. Um, and he's still he's still there. Oh yeah, he's still he's still he, a college he fellow. He still has a chair. <laughs> yeah, he threw all of his postdocs under the bus and said that they were responsible. And he he ripped off. Um, I'm going to see if I can. Uh, he was a researcher into heart disease, I think. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, I'm going to. And then there was that guy. I'm going to look uh, him up because it, it's important to keep repeating his name so that people remember. And that there was the guy who, um, who uh, there was the primate research guy who, who it turned out had uh, like primate linguistics specifically. It turned out who'd been just making stuff up for about ten years, if not more. Um, and like he was one of the core founders of of the field, really. Um, and uh, yeah, that was a bit of a blow. Um, and then there's all the X-ray crystallography guys from China. Was it China? Um, who, I, I don't know this story. Yeah, there was some X-ray crystallographer who claimed to have discovered a load of new crystal structures, and then it just turned out he just made them up, just like drew them down with a bit of paper. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's these things. They're only increasing, um, yeah. and, and they're increasing rapidly. Um, it, it's it. Well, I I don't know. Is it increasing, or like is the rate per per scientist per year increasing? Well, it's one of these difficult things, isn't it? Because you don't know whether it's actually increasing or whether reporting is increasing. That's that's I that's, possibly think that might be the case. I mean, it might be the case, but one of the things that is very difficult about the, the situation at the moment in academic research is there's just so much more money in it than there used to be. Yeah. That, you know, you, you, it would be so 
rare to have any academic who who was receiving two and a half million pounds a year yeah. you know before before the year 2000 that would be so unbelievably rare yeah. but well it's not like it's not like back in the day when you just had to be born into the landed gentry um, <laughs> and, you know, yeah a life of luxury whilst like well you know, indeed i mean you could argue you could argue that you could argue that academia was pretty kind of institutionally corrupt for most of its history on that basis. But but the act of actually, well, I mean, in, in a sense, that is also part of the problem is that back in the day, you didn't have to make up research in order to have a cushy job in a university because no one gave a fuck what you were doing. No. As, long as, as, long, as long as you were from the right background. Whereas now, yeah. if you do want to keep your chair, you do have to keep up making up uh, research well. Or, you know, you could do legitimate research, but who has the time for that? Um, it's true but yeah I, I mean i don't want to get too much into bashing academia but um it's when you when you read these things like the theranos uh scandal or stuff about hyperloop what's what's so enraging about it to me is that you're seeing all the same beats that you see in academia the arrogance the obsession with individual success the obsession with excellence, the, the the concept of the disruptive genius. You know, so one of the things that I just find amazing about this is where was she um, a student? Was it Stanford or was it Harvard? Uh, Stanford, I think. Stanford. And, I might be wrong about that. And but... in, in the biography of her, it says that, that this whole thing started because in the, the second year of her degree, she walked into her tutor's office and said that while on a placement doing uh, blood analysis, she had come up with this amazing idea that would revolutionise blood testing and, you know, would the university report it? And, and her tutor initially said no. Uh, but then later she managed to convince people to do it. Now, I, I obviously there are implications about maybe nepotism or about nefarious like backroom deals because of course she was the child of a very very wealthy uh vc um who had worked for a number of companies including enron which i just find hilarious uh but um so you know but the, the, but the thing is that i don't know if you've had this i definitely had it um in, in, in my last university where people students would come into my office and they would say, you know, I found this amazing thing. You know, I just learned about such and such and I've invented something. And the, the thing that you would do is you would sit sit down with them and you would say, now it's great that you're very enthusiastic, but look, th this is what you've just suggested to me. You know, this is where the field is. Try to bear in mind that you're still, you know, on your journey, you're still learning. And you shouldn't expect to be able to revolutionize physics in the second year of your degree. Spend a bit more time understanding your idea first. You don't just say, great, here's $9 billion. Yeah, Who I mean, the fuck I, does that? I guess, um, you know, to... to, to uh, obviously, you're correct. Um, but um, I would uh, also draw attention to the fact that I think the reason why she managed to succeed because 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 in if you look at the actually what she was trying to achieve, she was she was working in the field of biotechnology, right, and working on something which was uh, incredibly difficult and had a long established industry which was performing the thing that she wanted to break into, and she needed to in vertical commas disrupt it. Now, 
first the word disrupt is uh, a term which has come out of um, tech, uh, tech, tech, the tech sector, not the bio like tech sector, as in like the um, Silicon Valley tech sector. Yeah, uh, and 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 that points to uh, um, a, a, a key feature of her scam, which is that despite working in the biotech industry, uh, she was uh, st she styled herself and Theranos as a tech company. Yeah, and things like um, and when you, you say know, just to clarify, young... when you're saying tech company, what you really mean is software, right? That's yeah, that's correct. Yeah, and, and but the key difference between a, a software company and a, a biotech company is that one of them makes software and the other one makes a biotechnology instrument. Yeah. Um, uh, whereas, you know, with software, broadly speaking, if you are, if you think of an idea, software idea, right? I mean, you know, you can probably implement it, like whatever it is within reason, like assuming that you're not trying to like, you know, crack fucking RSA encryption or something like that. Like, you know, you, you, you can, if there's, if it can be done in a, in a, in a, in an efficient amount of time, no matter what it is that you're trying to do, you can do it. Hmm. Like the internet is amazing. Distributing computing is amazing. Like the language that we have are amazing. And the idea that somebody in second year of undergraduate could come up with an idea and then go out and convince people to help it implement it and then find people who are qualified, hire them and implement the idea is not crazy at all. It's been done many, many times. In software. Like that is yeah. In software. Yeah. But when you're trying to build a device that, that, that works, has to be engineered uh, in real life using technologies that haven't even been invented yet. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just a whole different ball game. Yeah, you're, and, ab you're absolutely right. Because the thing is that developing a physical product is a completely different, it's a completely different product development path. And it, it, it's so much more difficult. And I guess that's the thing that was baffling me as I was sitting there and there's this, in reading the biography uh, of Elizabeth Holmes, there's, there's this huge gap between, you know, the, the storybook moment when she walked into her tutor's office and said, I have an invention that's going to revolutionize the world. And the point where she's running a company valued at $9 billion. There, there's, there's a massive gap between those two events that doesn't, where, which seems to be a vacuum. And that's where all the critical questions should be coming. Because if, if someone is developing a new invention, that gap is the point where, I don't know, they spend five years working out of a tiny lab that they can barely sustain to try to develop the first prototype. But you're right that the thing is that if you're a software developer, you don't do that. You do walk in and you say, I've got this amazing idea. And then you sit down and you come up with a first prototype on the computer you have in your bedroom and you try to make it work and then show it to people. And it can be that fast and it can be that, I don't want to say easy because it's not easy, but it can, it can be that um, quick between coming up with the idea and developing something that actually shows that your idea is valid. Yeah. And I guess that is the, what you're describing is the fundamental problem at the root of all of this bullshittery. Because uh, Hyperloop is exactly the same. The video you sent me that, that triggered all this, where that guy, it starts off with um, the uh, CEO of Hyperloop giving that interview, where he's like, oh yeah, by you know 2021, you'll be able to ride from <laughs> LA to, to San Francisco in 10 minutes or whatever it is. And I will guarantee you the first ticket. And we, you know, we'll have a date in January of 2021. And it's the same bullshit. It's just 
no one at any point has sat down with a really sensible, level-headed engineer or, you know, really experienced person and said, how long, realistically, does it take to build a 200-mile-long vacuum pipe? There's n that question has never been asked of anybody. No. It's just like, yeah, charismatic CEOs who are used to selling the most dreamy, ridiculous vision that they can get away with, doing that 24-7, and at no point is anyone stepping in and taking the reins and saying, shut up. You know, stop talking crap, because we're gonna get found out. Yeah, well, ultimately, they don't care whether they get found no. out or not. People well, like yeah. Elon Musk, uh, or, or you know, these... Uh, well, I mean, the guy who you were referring to was more... An obscure character who is probably much more. Well, I mean, Elon Musk is a scam artist, but he's kind of a scam artist in a in a meta kind of way. Well, he's a scam um, artist that's been scammed, hasn't he? Because he's been duped by Elon Musk to taking the fall for this whole bullshit. Yeah, but but I mean, I guess I'm trying to say that um, he's. Um, uh, what am I trying to say? I don't know what I'm trying to say. I've lost my train of thought. Sorry. Sorry, James. Oh, it's alright because I'm rambling but i mean things like a, a whole other topic but you know that that um deep mind thing that you sent me the other day now that that is a very different ball game of course and it is software which does mean that what they're describing is fundamentally more feasible but one of the reasons i'm so cynical about things like that is because there's just been so many incidents where people make these extraordinary claims private technology firms make these extraordinary amazing claims and they're reported in all of the most prestigious press and they're backed up by top professors and they're backed up by very serious people who really know what they're talking about and then it just transpires that it's all a whole load of horseshit and there was yeah. nothing there and i i don't even trust myself anymore i read you know, something like the deep mind thing. Oh, they've solved this protein folding problem. Look, here's a graph of it working. Here's all the problems that it's solved. Here's a professor from MIT saying how great it is. But I don't trust it. I don't trust it for a second. No, I mean, ultimately, if you work in academia at all, that's a pretty much a default reaction. If yeah. anyone makes any kind of claim the, the about point, anything, the point and and the the reason is is very simple because the point where I trust a piece of scientific work is when it's published and I can look at the paper and I can say, here, here I can see it working, I can see it's been properly peer-reviewed, I can see all of the references to the existing literature, I can see it's been, you know, properly, sensibly written. And that yeah. is convincing. And even that on its own isn't convincing. It has to be part of a whole context of multiple independent labs who have all independently confirmed the result. And then I trust it. And the thing is, that is not being excessively onerous that is the scientific method but for some reason companies like google and like tesla and like theranos just think that that is all a waste of time that's an inconvenience you know why do you have to hate dreamers so much you flipping commies you know it's just it's no wonder that the world is fucked when all of this money that could be going to funding the solution to real problems is going into this bullshit. Yes, I agree. Um, the um, I think it's uh, 
it's it's a feature or at least maybe um a uh evolution of or a manifestation of or some other <laughs> verb of um uh, tech utopianism like this an idea that you know yes one of the greatest inventions mankind's ever made is the internet and mm. yes compute one of the greatest inventions mankind has ever made is the computer and yes private industry did you know uh contribute to at least bringing computing to the people hmm. um and you know our society today is founded really uh modern society is founded on these devices um and these technologies that that this sector uh, uh at least claim um uh, and if not you know had a part in creating um but you know, it, it means that when you have people, well, I mean, yeah, Elon Musk is, yeah, but more generally, um, you have uh, uh, organizations who uh, are supposed to be holding people to account, such as, you know, news organizations and patent, um, offices. patent offices and other, you know, people in academia, other businessmen, just everybody um is almost hypnotized yeah. by this this phenomenon which pe yeah. which this perceived phenomenon of the tech well it's, i mean it's, it's ultimately about like it's ultimately about personality right the, the reason these people achieve what they achieve is not because their ideas are revolutionary it's because they have the personality to sell this ideal of the disruptive tech genius if you if you if you sorry and the connections and sorry. The, well and the connections as well i mean it's no you know no one should be surprised that the daughter of an enron vc suddenly can magic a million quid out of the air right and, know, and I, I mean the, the the absurdity of forbes listing her as a self-made billionaire self-made her dad signed her first million dollar investment how the yeah. fuck is she self-made yeah, but yes, you're right. The um, it is uh, it is a song. Ah, that's what I was going to say. Which is that um, uh, it's not well uh, uh, on uh, relating to connections and how it's not a coincidence that the sort of prototypical uh, tech entrepreneur disruptor story they almost all drop out of yeah. an Ivy League university, and it's not because they're fucking smart. Like I'm sure most of them are like pretty, pretty intelligent. They're well educated. They're not superhuman. But there's, the there's a big difference. The reason why they get able is because these, these, all, these, these institutions, they have networking capabilities. Yeah. Like if you go to Harvard and Stanford, you meet people who allow facilitate you to to, to implement these sorts of things. And one of the questions I always want to ask people who are obsessed with the you know the idea of hereditary intelligence or the, or inherent intelligence is you think that for the vast majority of human history the only people who could read were uh, aristocrats or a, a very small middle class. So yeah. do people who believe this genuinely believe that for the majority of human history, ninety percent ninety five percent of the human race just had bad genes do they genuinely well, I mean, believe that well i mean you, you say that some, if... somehow in the nine in like the 1920s 1930s 
over the space of less than a generation, uh, the vast majority of the human race suddenly had good genes. But, well, I mean, you you say that like it's some historical thing. Like, there are people now who believe that, like, financial success in life is only dependent on your intelligence. Um, You know, so... Yes, I entirely believe. So, you know, where does a lottery winner fit into that? Their, well, their IQ suddenly increases 50 points when they have they, a lottery they, ticket. You see, they had the smarts to go out and buy the lottery ticket in the first place, Tim. Yes, unlike all the people who bought lottery tickets and lost, and they're too stupid, and they're paying the hope tax. Yeah, well, exactly. It's not complicated. We live in a deterministic universe, Tim. Yes. Yeah. Well, you ultimately, are... that's what it's all about, isn't it? The divine yeah. right of kings. You, you, you take all of these crazy beliefs about, you know, entitlement to wealth and how, you know, the billionaires are entitled to to have power over the world because they are the chosen ones who, you know, had the have the entire. It's just divine right of kings. That's all it, it is. is. It's divine right of kings reinvented for the yeah. modern age. Yeah. But oh god, yeah. This story. This story is just. It's. It is everything. It's every absurd tech scam ever rolled into one. I need. I, like I can. It. I really can see why it's so popular online. Yeah, it's wild, man. It's yeah. fully wild. You know, she's uh, she's considering going for a um, uh, mental. Um, I don't know what you call it in the United States. Uh, like basically, like insanity defense, um, which is hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's good that at least she's going to court because the way that most of these articles ended, most of the articles that I read were were written a year or more ago, and and most of them were concluding with just like, yeah, she just basically took the investments, liquidated the company, and left. And I was thinking that this was going to be another one coin thing where it was just like, yeah, you know, she got ten billion dollars and just fucked off, and no one knows where she is now, and she got away. With yeah. It. But the thing is, is that OneCoin defrauded poor people. Whereas, oh yes, yeah. defrauded rich people. That was her yeah. critical mistake. Not so smart after all, was she? She really, what she should have done is she should have been selling these blood tests to desperate people online, and then no one would have come after her. Well, I mean, she did sell uh, her blood tests to desperate people and had a million blood tests invalidated by the health regulatory agency, putting the health at, uh, of oh, uh, many hundreds of thousands of people at risk. That's so, so depressing. That's fun. There's, you know, there's another thing. It's like governments back these people. Governments. Yes, Tim. We all know that governments are, in fact, not infallible. In fact, one might go so far as to say is that they are, in fact, starved by people. Of course. But I guess my point is, how can you, how can... Shit like this makes the job of people who believe in a reasoned future for humanity so much harder because how do you sit there and explain to people that science is good you should trust science you know universities and intellectuals are knowledgeable people and you should listen to their expert advice governments you know it's important that we have strong government that is well structured so that it can you know guide society and 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 ensure that our infrastructures are maintained. How do you convince people of that kind of thing when there are stories like this around, where all three of those supposedly trustworthy public institutions fell hook, line, and sinker for the ramblings of a crazy person? 
Well, I think ultimately, you know, to give government its uh, its uh, its get out clause, um, it's uh, ultimately the the health regulatory bodies did step in once yeah, there was like yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean like. You know the the yeah it's you could argue that they should have got in there earlier and like done the, the you know all of this kind of stuff but they were perpetrating a very sophisticated fraud like they were they were carrying out blood tests on devices that were not that were stock devices basically and then purporting that it was coming from Theranos themselves like you know this was an active attempt to conceal their fraud and therefore the you that's know, really the... interesting i didn't realize that they were actually performing legitimate blood tests and pretending that they were the result of their product that's yeah that's, that that, that that's puts a new spin on it in that in that way it's it's almost like a sort of medical devices ponzi scheme right where they're they're um putting out that they're taking in contracts to do testing performing it on in in secret using somebody else and the 